everyone. Welcome into a very special edition of Draft Dudes. I am not Joe Marino or Kyle Krabs. I am Paige Demakos, uh, CEO of the Draft Network. Uh, had a little fun with Memory Lane today, walking back and thinking about uh, the first time I hosted a show with these two guys. So I had a good laugh over that. And now look at us here. We've got we've got a real energy drink sponsor, Kyle. Not a fake one. We've got Kill Cliff, right? No, no fake monster energy uh, that was going on back in 2018. So happy to happy to be here. Happy to have you guys. Welcome to Virtual Radio Row, Kyle. I like the panini gear you got going on. I see you got a you got something in the mail today. So how are you feeling? Yeah, I got a nice little care package. Uh, apparently, Panini is trying to push me into Las Vegas Raiders stocks. I got Max Crosby autograph card. I got two Henry Ruggs autographed cards. So uh, I have a lot vested in the Las Vegas Raiders. So Derek, let those deep bombs fly, brother. Let's get some touchdowns for Henry and let's get some cash. Let's do it. I love that. I love that. Joe, you're rocking a draft day every day, which, you know, I always appreciate. Very happy to see you repping for the brand. How are you doing today? Doing well. It feels a little off that I didn't get, you know, the, the Paige DeMacos makeup experience before oh, the uh, little... this opportunity to go on a live show with you. But other than that, you know, I'm excited to, uh, to be here and, and talk football. I'm very excited that Joe brought that up because, you know, I, I have all these photos, right. And I'm going through all these photos from, from the first draft show that we all hosted together. One, there is an epic frame of Joe reacting to a very important pick that was happening right it is a very important pick that happened back back in this draft uh, it, 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 it yeah with josh allen it was it was a and it is a it's a phenomenal frame joe and i absolutely i haven't figured out what the right timing is for dropping that photo but it's gonna happen because it's a it's a phenomenal freeze frame of your reaction to josh allen you know, my wife decided the right time to flex on me for my concern over Josh Allen was as the Bills were getting ready to play the Colts in the first round of the playoffs this year. And there's this really fun monologue that's going on about Josh Allen and all these highlights of the season. And you, you get all hyped for the game and it's about to be the kickoff. And she goes, remember when you didn't want Josh Allen? I'm like, really? Like, really? So, um, yeah, Paige, do, do your worst. I, you know, I've, I've, whatever it's it's working out and that, that was always the goal i wanted it to work out but i had my concern listen uh shout out lorraine love that uh, <laughs> that was the scenario that she pulled out because that was uh right out of the petty page playbook so well done lorraine i see you've been really paying attention to what we've been doing over the draft network so well played very excited about that but guys we're not going to talk about 2018 drafts. We're going to talk about, That's we're going right. to talk about, yeah, that would not, we don't, we don't need to talk no, about thanks. that any longer. Uh, some of the, what do we call old head, right? The old guys in, in, in quarterback land that have had some comments about Deshaun Watson and you guys' reaction to that. And then we'll, you know, we'll end things with getting your official picks for the big game on Sunday, MVPs, everything. I'm going to put the guys on the spot. So that will be last the first thing we're going to talk about, though, because I, I've already seen we have a Slack channel, right, with the whole crew and everybody's dropping certain things in. And, and Kyle has a vested interest in Deshaun Watson, right? So Kyle Krabs, big Miami Dolphins fan, has a vested interest in everything that be, is being reported about Deshaun Watson. Well, that includes taking pot shots at Deshaun Watson, right? And that is coming from Brett Favre and Carson Palmer. So Kyle, I'll let you react first. When you first read what Brett Favre says, what's your initial reaction to how he is, he is talking about how Deshaun Watson is handling himself in Houston? I'm wondering where his recollection of how he handled the last six to eight years of his NFL playing career went in which it became ESPN's uh, the Favre watch going into training camp every year. And is he going to show up? Is he going to retire? I don't know. I don't feel like coming to training camp. And then magically three days before the season starts, Brett's ready to go. So Brett talking about you get paid a certain amount of money to just do a job and let the chips fall where they may. Not showing up to training camp isn't just, doing your job because that's part of the job description going to Ted Thompson and complaining because you couldn't secure a trade for Randy Moss during the NFL draft 
and requesting you yourself be traded is not making too much money to have an opinion on the matters of the team. You forcing yourself to be traded to the New York Jets because of the Aaron Rodgers situation is not just you doing your job. So for Brett, it just really struck me as incredibly hypocritical and, and people will defenders have, have tried to engage in this conversation, which I'm not interested in having And they're, Oh, well, he's saying Deshaun's not wrong. I don't care what his qualifier was. He said it. He said, you get paid too much money to have an opinion and you should just do your job and let the chips fall where they may. It doesn't matter what comes after that. Brett Favre cannot say that because of how he handled the end of his tenure in green Bay, multiple trade requests. One of them that was fulfilled and the will-he-won't-he play in which he skips out on training camp like every year for four years. It's just, uh, it, it, it just rubs me the wrong way, right? Like, I, I, it, it reads of the shut-up-and-dribble conversation, right, where you're just, like, kind of, you're just, you're talking, you're yelling at the clouds, you're talking about something that you really, like, Brett, you haven't been playing in a long time, man. Like, the game's different now. That's my initial reaction to it, is that, yes, while, while you may have a problem with it, probably don't voice it right like even if you do feel that way I just don't really see what the upside is of saying what he said so Joe when you first hear you know Brett Favre who obviously Hall of Famer Green Bay legend uh when he says stuff like that you know what's your initial reaction to it I start to think about how much we talk about quarterbacks and the scenario and the situation that these guys go into and a lot of times we're looking at these really talented young prospects that are coming into the NFL and we say are these teams ready to bring in this quarterback and have they set that quarterback up for success well Deshaun Watson only gets one career right he has one chance to play professional football and you know what he's done a really good job he's taken that team you know to division titles winning playoff games and he already got his massive extension he could just shut up and play and get out of the way and just collect his money and you know do what he wants to do and and uh, you know, maybe whenever his contract's up, he can uh, make that decision. But I give him credit because you, you like you, you only get one shot. You only get one shot to do this. And in this organization, this Houston Texans organization, has mismanaged the resources that it has had around Deshaun Watson, and they're stripping it down. And this is a new era of of Houston Texans football that is going to really waste the prime of Deshaun Watson. And we kind of already saw that start to happen this past year. So, you know, I think it's okay for Deshaun to look out for the best interest of his career at this point, based on what he's given to this organization and what the organization has not given back to him to set him up for success in his prime. And real quick, Paige, I want to jump in on that. The people who ask why why did Deshaun Watson sign this contract with the Houston Texans? Go look at what happened to Dak Prescott. Yeah. If you want to know what the ramifications are of not signing somebody offering you the size of a contract of what Deshaun Watson was offered, you don't leave guaranteed money on the table. And the fact that there was a no trade clause that was included in the contract kind of says a little bit about, you know, what Deshaun's thinking was when he signed the deal. The fact that, that's not a commonplace thing to have in a contract, a full no-trade clause at the quarterback's discretion. So the fact that that was in there, this was a business decision to sign this contract, and it was a good business decision because you'd be a fool to leave second-highest-paid player in the NFL money on the table regardless of how happy you were with the organization. Do you guys feel like there's a little bit of added pressure for him too because of how much success Patrick Mahomes is having right because it's always going to be like we know that that draft class has been talked about at nauseum right unfortunately mostly because of the what my favorite team did right in moving up for Mitchell Trubisky and going in front of and not taking either one of those quarterbacks but there's always going to be this conversation around like these guys, this draft class. And when you've got Mahomes, who's now going in for his potential second Super Bowl victory, does that then put that much more pressure or maybe not pressure, but more of the, the emphasis for Deshaun to go, you know what? I don't want to just sit back and collect my check. I want to win, right? I, I want to be a winner. And Joe, I'll let you take it first, but Deshaun has only ever been a winner right at Clemson in high school. He, he is, that's all he knows. So being a, 
a loser is not in the fabric of his DNA. I do think that plays into it, Paige. And, you know, I know Kyle probably lived this a bit last year with Tua and the comparisons to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Certainly, I've lived it with Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, you know, that group. You're always looked at that group of peers that you went into the NFL with and, you know, who was the best quarterback from that class. And, you know, that is a big part of it. And, you know, for for Deshaun, he was QB3 off the board, right? So, I mean, Patrick Mahomes went ahead of him. And so, you know, at least he wasn't ahead of Mahomes where he kind of has to carry that even further. But, yeah, I'm sure he does want to – uh, you know, be able to match steps with with the career that Patrick Mahomes is having. And, you know, look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady was the with the sixth quarterback drafted in, you know, in 1945 when he was picked. And he goes to sleep every night like Arya Stark listing off these quarterbacks' names, Spurgeon Wynn and, and whatever other guys were drafted ahead of him. So, yeah, this fuels players. And I have to believe that it's absolutely something that's on Deshaun's mind right now. Yeah, I want to hear from you too, Kyle, because I think there's there's even more of a – even even more so now in the current climate of sports, right? We just tend to pin 1v1, right? We tend to put guys, even when we know, like, getting into the Super Bowl, it hasn't been all about Tom Brady, right? But it's still the whole conversation we all it week might long. Be with Tom. It, it might be with Tom. It, it might be, but it's this this scenario this week, when you're talking about the way the defense is played, it doesn't matter. It's... It is quarterback versus quarterback, right? That is always how it's going, how it how it's going, and it's become even more like that. So I guess does that just that added emphasis, that added pressure, but also that added limelight? Because when you do win, when you do get to that top, it's it's a unbelievable. You are in a different class for the rest of time as a quarterback if you win a Super Bowl. I think it's a, a microcosm of one of the the bigger issues with consuming the game on so many levels is everything everybody tries to isolate everything to be one individual variable and as we know there's 11 players on the field on both sides of the ball every single play there's coaches involved there's decision makers involved there's ownership on top of all of that that likes to have their voice heard as well so uh it's very difficult to just boil anything down to a single variable here versus a single variable here. You see it with coaches and their issues on their respective teams. You see it in a matchup of a game between, Oh, it's Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. You see uh, the 2017 draft class of Trubisky versus Mahomes versus Watson and what's going on in those things. And like when Mitch Trubisky falls off with Chicago, which is probably going to happen, you know, whether he stays there short term or he go finds a new team. And unless he completely 180s his NFL career, the conversation with Mitch, it's going to get old talking about Mitch. So now it's just going to be Deshaun versus Patrick Mahomes. And are we really going to put Deshaun Watson on like the butt end of any conversation Mm -hmm. with the caliber of the season that he just had? It's like, it was the most productive season for a quarterback on any four and 12 team in the history of the NFL. Like that's how good he was. And yet I, I see it as dolphins from dolphins fans that don't want a trade for Tua Tonga Malo to take place. Well, Tua won more games than Deshaun Watson did this past year. Really? That, and like, I think how do you, how do you perfect... boil it down to that? That's asinine. It is asinine. Right. But that is, that's the kind of the next direction of this conversation that I want to head because you know that this is how fans think, right? It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter that Deshaun Watson is very clearly the better quarterback than whether it was Tua Tonga-Vailoa or Mitchell Trubisky this year or whoever. But when they were 1v1, right? Bears and and he and Watson this year, right? And it's and it's Mitch and that's I've seen Bears fans go there. Well, guess what? Look at who won this year. And I'm mm. going, you have got to be freaking kidding me, right? Like you you can't actually think that, right? Like in my head, that's a thought that goes into my head that I go, yeah, if I ever need to try and fake myself into thinking that this was a better scenario, that's where you go. But you know that that's not real. But to your point, Kyle with the Miami situation, I have gotten this blowback with Miami fans. Like I have, I have somehow, I have somehow become hated by Miami Dolphins fans of which I have never cared about 
never talked about, never entered the situation because I think that Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Tua. I don't think that's controversial, guys. I'm just, I'm struggling with the fan comprehension around this is, they won more games, right? That doesn't, I, I just, I, where does this QB win stuff fall in? Because I see it all over Twitter all the time. Right. So Kyle, I'll let you kind of do where, how do you factor that in without making it ridiculous? Because I, obviously I, the goal is to win, but you can't, you can't factor Kirk cousins in the wins that the defense had or Mitchell Trubisky in the wins that the defense have. I mean, there's just, they're not good quarterbacks, man. It, it shouldn't count for as much. I will give some brief thoughts, but I know Joe has had some really interesting conversations with some members of Bill's Mafia around QB wins that I'd like to okay. leave the, the floor open for him to discuss about at his discretion. But <laughs> the best way to measure quarterbacks is situational football. You know, it, it's not, you know, your wins and losses. It's not your raw production. It's when you got to go two minute at the end of the half. Can you put together a drive and go 75 yards or go 40 yards with one timeout in 50 seconds to get yourself in field goal position? When you know, you're down one score in the fourth quarter, are you able to string those plays together and avoid the negative plays that'll kill a drive? Can you generate fourth quarter comebacks? Coming into 2020, I think the number was one out of every like three and a half games Deshaun Watson won as a quarterback in the NFL were fourth quarter comebacks. Because like... <laughs> The team has gradually degraded from the quality of the roster ever since Bill O'Brien was put in place to, to manage the personnel. And Deshaun Watson was routinely pulling rabbits out of his hat. Ask Joe with the playoff game. I can say that now because Buffalo won playoff games this year. Ask Joe about the 2019 Deshaun Watson playoff game. And he'll tell you all you need to know about situational football, overtime, second half, fourth quarter, crunch time, making it happen. Let's talk QB wins, Joe. Let's talk QB wins. Let's talk situational football. Cause I could see you getting a little squirrely over there thinking about that 29. You're like, Oh yeah. I don't really want to talk you know, about that version. Milano and Saran Neal had him in the grasp, you know, all they, they get, get him down, they get him did. down. And they, he dumps the ball off to Taiwan Jones. Who's a bill this year. And you know, the bills had to uh, go one and done in the playoffs in 2019, but we are past that. Uh, yeah, wins aren't a quarterback stat. They're not. And shout out to my buddy Bruce Nolan from the Bruce Exclusive Podcast. Who, um, I mean, that he's that's really become a big part of his brand. Is um, is is really <laughs> preaching out against wins as a quarterback stat. And I think we all know that, right? I think it's easy for us to, in this type of setting, say, yeah, they're not a quarterback stat. Wins are, you know, they, the quarterbacks influence them heavily. Somewhere probably between twenty five and thirty five percent, they deserve credit for. But it's a team stat, right? There's there's 11 guys on the field, and, and half the time the quarterback's not one of those players, right? So here's the reality, though. As much as we say that and we accept it to be true, I'm listening all week long. Some of the storylines that are that are going around the NFL. Matthew Stafford, well, he never won a playoff game for the Detroit Lions. Nope. How about uh, Jared Goff? Well, look at his win percentage. It's really good with, with, with the Rams, especially since McVay's been there. Look at Jimmy G, you know, as much as we want to replace Jimmy G, whenever he plays the 49ers win. So as much as we sit here and accept it and understand and believe it to not be true, it's still a very relevant talking point that continues to come up. And, and even with NFL people that we have opportunities to interact with, I mean, it's, it's part of the discussion. Oh, he wins. He won there. He was able to win. So like we have to, we have to do better with our analysis. We have to disassociate, wins and, and and think that for some reason the quarterback is the primary reason that that ever happens it matter like you want like good quarterbacks typically are winners like i do think that there is some correlation but wins are not a quarterback stat this is baseball's fault by the way which okay. is Elaborate, imagine please. attributing a win to a starting pitcher because his, his offense scored 11 runs and he yeah. gave up my nine. ERA's 13 and a half, right. but my team scored 12 in the first inning. So I get a win regardless. I that just had to not completely blow it through five innings and get through the minimum threshold of innings pitched. That's 150% correct. Like when you think about it in that lens, right? But Joe's point of this week specifically hit home for me because I'm watching the conversation around Matthew Stafford. And I have for a long time, you guys know this, I've been team free Stafford, 
because I have a vested interest in watching the NFC North. And I have thought for a long time he has been wasted. He's a very talented guy, and he has just never been put the right cast of characters around him in Detroit. Now, on the flip side, Jared Goff has had the benefit of all that. He's had the good coach. He's had the good pieces. He's had the good offensive line. He's had the MVP running back. He's had all top 10 defenses. He's had all of that. But if you read a storyline in Detroit, the way they're pitching Jared Goff this week, well, he's top three quarterback in the last three years and wins. Look at look at his look at his win percentage over the last three years. How in the world can you manipulate a stat to make yourself believe that Jared Goff is better than Matthew Stafford? There you go. That's an example. That is an example, Joe. Let me give you some uh, some some examples, some historic examples. This is why that, I wanted Joe to take this. That, that Let's go. Let's there you go. Hall of, let's go through some Hall of Fame quarterbacks. 2006, Brett Favre, 4 and 12. Dan Marino in 1988, 6 and 10. These aren't rookie seasons, folks. These are multiple years away from rookie seasons. John Elway, somehow 5 and 11 in 1990. Troy Aikman, 6 and 10 in 1997. Steve Young, 2 and 12 in 1986, the year I was born. Peyton Manning, not Eli, Peyton Manning, 6 and 10 in 2001. Drew Brees in 2003 was 2 and 9. And let's not forget about Aaron Rodgers. I think he had a, um, was it, he had a 6 and 10 in 2008. It happens. Franchises have bad years. That's, I mean, we have the context. We're living in the context of the Houston Texans and why they were 4 and 12. Well, guess what? Simultaneously, Deshaun Watson was a top three quarterback in the NFL this year. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com NFL. So I have a I have a scenario that I'd like to put forth in front of you guys, right? Not not would you rather quite yet. This is more specific to Deshaun Watson, right? So I want I want to prove this point. I want to prove this point, and I hope Miami Dolphins fans are sitting at home on their phones on their TV watching this because it is it, I, to prove the point of how much better Deshaun Watson is than everybody else. And the way that we're going to do that is I would like the two of you to tell me. If you could choose right now, how many starting NFL quarterbacks right now would you take over Deshaun Watson? Because the list in my mind is really, really small. Okay. What's our what's so, our time uh, period? Is it for the one for year the of the Super Bowl? Is it for 2020? Is let's go for the next three years, right? So if you're okay thinking there's a couple of guys that are a little bit older that are gonna that are gonna be okay over the next three seasons, like a let's put a Aaron Rodgers, I'd be fine with that. Not not the foreseeable future. Let's go the next three seasons, 2021, 22, 23. Who would you take over Deshaun Watson? I'll let you go first, Joe. Patrick Mahomes, end of list. Kyle? I wrote this before Deshaun Watson was a top three quarterback in the NFL mm -hmm. this season. I wrote this story in May at the draftnetwork.com. And the answer was, if you could start a franchise with any quarterback, not named Pat or any player in the NFL, not named Patrick Mahomes, who would it be? Narrowed it down to three quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson. And Deshaun Watson was my answer. So he was number two on the list. If we're doing a fantasy draft for the NFL, Deshaun Watson was my number two pick going back to before this season in which he was so, so good. They use a top three quarterback, regardless of what the win loss record says. And to, and to that point, Kyle, just out of curiosity, like uh, even though they weren't the best team amongst that bunch, they were the one team that did not make the postseason. Who was the best quarterback this season? Cause it's pretty easily Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson was not very good. The back half Lamar Jackson struggled a lot during this season. Like to your point, those were the three that you had. And it is glaringly obvious to me 
that Deshaun Watson was the best of that group, correct? It, it's his – he almost brings not to the same degree of athleticism that Lamar has – but he almost brings the best dynamics of both of those two other quarterbacks combined into one package. When you think about the mobility and the extended play and the creative eye and flair uh, and the intelligence that he has, uh, he throws to all levels of the field. He's aggressive. He's clutch. He's If you took the best of both Russ and Lamar, you get Deshaun Watson. So that's why he's like pretty easily the one that, that you most get excited about. That's not to say if we're going to pigeonhole Deshaun Watson, those probably wouldn't be the first players that come to mind. Uh, but Dabo Swinney used the comparison of college football's Michael Jordan. So that, that I don't, we thought it was crazy at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember Joe, you and I talked about that on the show on draft mm-hmm. We talked about Dabo, Dabo said Deshaun was college football's Michael Jordan. Yeah. But then you watch him getting kicked in the face and throwing a touchdown on the same play Mm -hmm. or going 80 yards down the field against the Saints on Monday Night Football with no timeouts in two plays and like 20 seconds, and they still managed to lose that football game, by the way, despite those heroics at the end of the game. He's got it. Whatever it is, however much you want to quantify it, however you want to qualify it, Deshaun Watson has it. And that makes him a very special player and makes this an unprecedented situation. As somebody who's experienced a, a playoff loss, the hands of Deshaun Watson, I don't know how much you remember Kyle about us discussing that game leading into it. And I was like, Houston's defense stinks. And the only way that the bills lose this game is if, if Deshaun Watson's Michael Jordan. So we fire up the podcast on Monday after the bills lose. And I said, well, well damn it. He was Michael Jordan. He was Michael Jordan. <laughs> And the gravity of a statement like that is huge, right? Like Michael Jordan page gets it. I know she gets it right. Chicago girl knows all about MJ, but my goodness to label somebody that is, is like I said, a lot of gravity to it. And, and I think that he has proven that to be true. Um, Now he just needs to get on a better football team so that can really shine. And and Paige, correct me if I'm wrong, but Michael didn't win championships right away in Chicago. Did he? No, because he was on a really crappy team. We okay. It's, it's incredible okay. that when you put other players on a team sport of which football is arguably more about the team 100% because there's way more players. There's three aspects of the game, right? You're not an, an offensive player playing defense like you do in basketball. There, there are way more variables in football to make sure that you have a, a good team around you. But I can that, – that Michael Jordan statement in 2017 – I'm working at ESPN in Phoenix and I'm sitting there and I'm covering the draft and I'm hosting a show and I know the bears are going in for this pick. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, there is no chance that they're going to overthink this. Right. It's Deshaun. It's Deshaun. It's Deshaun. Like they're moving up. They're taking him. It's MJ. And you can imagine my disappointment when the name is Mitchell Trubisky and not Deshaun Watson. Right. And I think that will always that added layer of like a punch in the face to Chicago because of the Dabo Michael Jordan conversation. Right. And then I can remember him doing that jump man move, right. Where everybody freeze framed and he's literally doing jump man. And you're going, yeah, this isn't real life. Right. This guy is just, he's got, as you said, the it factor that you can't, you can't, quantify it's something that he has that very many athletes do not have right and that's it's unfortunate because unfortunately for houston they've mismanaged this to the point where they have pissed him off so much that the guy that is potentially generational type talent at the most important position doesn't want to be there anymore and and i want for him to go enjoy himself and play somewhere else so I know that we have some would you rathers that we're going to get into here, right? And and we've got would you rather scenarios. Some of them they're going to pull up on the screen. Some of them I have from Slack on my phone. Some of them I I have we have communicated to all of you guys it pretty much everywhere, right? I got a text message would you rather from Quincy Avery. Shout oh, out to boy. my guy oh, Quincy rocking Quincy. the quarterback takeover for my guy. We're getting we're getting hit from all avenues, right? So let's first go to the ones that our producer behind the scenes, Courtney, she's got available for us, right? So we're going to go to these scenarios first. So Courtney, unfortunately, that is so small for me that I cannot read it because you guys don't have it pinned up at the top. So 
I'm going to need, I'm going to go to one of mine and then I'm going to grab yours. So I'm going to grab mine first and then I'll come back to your scenario. So guys, the first one that I have is, would you rather trade this one specifically for Kyle? Okay. Okay. Joe, you can answer too, but you know, there's a little bit of trolling that is happening here, right? (laughs) To to Kyle. Okay. Would you, if you know me, you know that this is a scenario that I am all for. Okay. Would you rather trade for Watson and keep our current uniforms? Or keep Tua and change to the throwback unis and logo full time. See, this is cruel. They've turned this into pitting Deshaun and Tua against one another, which is really not a a, a fair strategy to employ. Um, I would still take the better player that I think is going to give me the best chance to win championships. And I do think Deshaun Watson is the best player. I think he gives you the best chance to win championships. So I will remain in Stephen Ross's pet project, modern logo and modern uniform. If it means at the end of the day, we get Deshaun Watson to be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. I love that one. I love that the cat has entered the chat. Yeah. Right? That's my, <laughs> that's my favorite part of this whole scenario is for everybody that's working from home. They feel this moment with Kyle, right? They're sitting there and they know like, this is exactly how Just it feels it for now that everyone in America with a screaming baby hey, or a cat that wants to come hang out with us yeah. on the screen. And I get it. I get it. I listen, this is, this is pretty much happening for everybody in America. So it was a very, very relatable moment for us, Kyle. I really, really enjoyed that. It's like that newscast from whenever and wherever with the guys on like (laughs) C-SPAN or whatever. And his kid comes rolling in the background, bouncing in and mom like dives in behind him and grabs him by the, the collar and pulls him back out. It's so good. It's absolutely, it's absolutely phenomenal. All right, guys, uh, this is, this one is for both of you. Okay. Would you rather trade, would you rather draft Mac Jones at 15? This is term Tanner H. Would you rather draft Mac Jones at 15 or trade the pick for Jimmy G? Very interesting to go between those two, right? I think that's a, Joe, you have that's to a, go first. that's a fun little scenario here. So Mac Jones at 15, Jimmy G. At 15, that's a scenario that you got to play out here, right, uh, Joe? What, what are you, you going to do here? Not even a later pick. It has to be 15. 15. Oh, my Lord. I'm sorry. Man, that's rough. I don't like either one of these opportunities. <laughs> um, I, I guess I would go with Mac Jones uh, just because I he would be cheaper. Uh, you wouldn't have to absorb that contract from Jimmy G., um, there's some unknowns there. I think we know what Jimmy G's ceiling is in the NFL. Uh, so the fact that there's some unknown things about Mac Jones and what he's going to be in the league, even though I'm pretty low on his skill set, I'd roll the dice there uh, because he's the mystery box in this scenario, and and I don't like what's uh, on the table. What I Kyle? don't what I don't like is that Joe stole my out. I was going to use the technicality of point two. Well, the economics are, at least if I get him on a rookie contract, I can pivot away a little easier. It's an easier pill to swallow in that regard. Uh, great minds really do think alike, Joe. I'm taking Mac Jones because there might be a ceiling to tap into that we don't know about, and because financially speaking, it's not. It's a rookie contract, so it's a little easier out to work with. All right, guys. I, I think that's... You're lucky I'm allowing for this like kind of technicality to work around. We will figure our way to snake out anything that we have to. If you yeah, give us an inch, we're going to take a mile. So. Yeah, it's not it's not a uh, it's not an ideal scenario for me. So I'm gonna, maybe maybe we'll put you more on the spot with these next upcoming ones. Now we've got the broadcast pinned, so we can bring up the would you rather's. Courtney, I will let you bring the first one up, Trey Lance, or do you build around Jared Goff? I think this is a good one here, Joe. I'll make you take this first. What are, you, what are you doing here? What's what's what, what should Detroit Lions fans rally around? I really like the idea of Trey Lance being a high pick in the draft if it's a scenario where he doesn't have to play right away. And so because that is this, right? I mean, you have golf for the, the next few years and no pressure to play Trey Lance. You know, he's coming into the league with like 320 passing attempts for his career at North Dakota State. And you know, I think that we've seen a bit of a correlation between collegiate passing attempts and, you know, success in the NFL and when that happens. And so I want to be patient with Trey Lance. I'm really intrigued by the skill set. Obviously, he's got size, athleticism, and arm talent. 
know, the one year that he was a starter at North Dakota State, I think he had 42 touchdowns, no interceptions. The, the team was undefeated, and he was the MVP of the, of the national championship game. So, I mean, if there ever was a season to have as a starter, it was that one. But uh, I don't know that we have enough right now that leads me to believe that he's going to be able to start in year one or year two. So I, I like those receivers. They're all good players, and I think that Detroit needs help at receiver. But I think the opportunity for me to go ahead and get that long-term answer at quarterback, and I don't have any pressure to play him, I think that'd be a really nice fit. So I'd go with the quarterback in that scenario. Go ahead, Kyle. You're going to be the bad guy here. Oh. We have to be honest about what this Detroit Lions roster is, and it's bad. It's a very bad roster. And to not only acquire a quarterback – but to double down at quarterback with arguably your two biggest investment chips in the same offseason, Joe, we've talked about this with some other teams. Detroit is not ready to accommodate a rookie quarterback, right? I think we can both agree there. And that's why that's part of your appeal for Jared Goff's presence being, you know, he doesn't have to play. Don't use that investment on him. their best receiver under contract is Quintez Cephas. They have a bunch of Matt Patricia hand-selected defenders who are going to play for a Patriot-style defense that is no longer in place in Detroit. You just need talented football players. And to reach on a quarterback, in my opinion, Trey Lance at seven would be a bit of a reach. To reach on a quarterback just to say you got it in your back pocket for three years down the road when you get rid of Jared Goff, worry about it when you actually have a good roster and you you know find yourself in a situation where okay, we're ready to move on from Jared. We've hit the glass ceiling. Because if you trot, trot Jared out there and you, you draft somebody in the second round, like give me the second round wide receiver, Joe. Who do you want to take in the second um, round? Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. Okay, so great. Another guy who's not going to be available except for six games a year. That's a good choice. Um, so you give him Rondell Moore. So you got Rondell for six games a year. And you got Quintez Cephas. And they have no cap space to really work with. So now you're probably going to be starting another rookie somewhere along the line. And you have, that's what Jared Goff's throwing to. You might need Trey Lance to play right away because Jared's not going to make it through a full season throwing to those guys. I've got four more first-round picks in the next two years before I'm even asking Trey Lance to play. Right, but Jared's, gonna get, Jared's not going to survive playing, throwing to Rondale Moore, Quintez Cephas, and another rookie wide receiver of your choice and a mid-to-bottom level wide receiver in free agency. It's going to get so bad. You, you, I mean, that... you painted a doomsday scenario for what can happen with the the, the Lions receiver core. Like they could re-sign Their some of these team's players. Not good. Yeah, but they got to make steps to get there. Like I, I the Lions right, so make steps to get there by guys. double dipping with your two most premier assets at the same position when one of them you know is going to need three year redshirt. Well, so that's the thing is you have you can get the quarterback in the building. You can get your system down. You're not playing them for three seasons, and you have that period of time to get this thing at a point where you can, you know, have Lance properly surrounded and give him a chance. I have one final thought, Paige, on this topic. You're advocating a three-year sit window. Is that correct, Joe? So sit 21-22, play in 2023. Okay, so how long was Dan Campbell's contract? I don't know, six years, six years. Okay. So you've just reached the point where if it's bad, the entire time, by the time Trey Lance, you might be ready to play. He'll play one season. And if it's bad and it continues to be bad and it's never good for the entirety of the Dan Campbell era, you might see the, the Detroit team willing to pull the plug on this regime with one year of sample size for Trey Lance. And now you're going to have a different coach come in and say, it's not my guy. I didn't pick him. I don't want him. I choose to see this in a more positive light. Okay. It's the Detroit Lions, brother. Know, God bless you. It, eventually, their day has to come. Joe, uh, as somebody who watches this division very closely, that day has not come, and it's probably not going to come <laughs> ever. It's just how it goes. Like, Detroit has just been bad. They've been bad forever, been bad before any of us were born, probably going to continue to be bad for the rest of time. So, listen, I'm sorry, Lions pride. Sorry, I don't think you guys made the right decision in coaching either. I don't think hey, you're headed you? in the I don't think you're headed in the right direction. Uh, and I think you fired the best coach you had five years ago. The, the only coach that was winning football games for a long time. And then you pissed off your really, really good starting quarterback, and it was all downhill from there. You had a window. 
you had a window there and you just uh you closed the window so i'm sorry detroit i don't think it's I don't think it's going to end well for you guys, unfortunately. So hopefully Trey Lance goes somewhere else so he can have a, a better opportunity. Maybe Atlanta, maybe Atlanta, maybe a couple other scenarios that play out where he gets to sit for a little while. But before we go to the next, would you rather, I want, I want you guys to realistically think about this because it came up and I had it written down for a totally separate conversation. We won't get to because it's already almost 40 minutes in and we're not going to have time for that last segment that I had planned. But my, my, my question for you guys is, if you have a guy like a Trey Lance now, and obviously the example would be Jordan Love that got drafted last season, is it realistic in the current climate in the NFL to think that you can actually have a quarterback sit for three seasons, two, three seasons? Like I think it's I think it's really, really hard in the in the current time where even though we just watched Aaron Rodgers have a what would be a perfect season in the regular season for him. He said they were number one offense, number one efficient offense, number one passing offense. It was unbelievable the stats that they put up, right? But they lost. They lost in that in that game. They didn't get themselves to a Super Bowl. And I saw Green Bay fans start to have the chatter about what's going to happen and if it's going to be Jordan Love, which I know is a small, insignificant amount of them, but the chatter is still there. So the question remains... Is it possible in the current climate of the NFL to actually sit a quarterback for the right amount of time? I'll make you go first, Kyle. I think it is, but only for a select number of franchises and organizations. You got to be able to name the the coaching staffs that have been in place uh, for a significant amount of time. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Green Bay Packers have a new regime, but they have a ton of stability as an organization. Uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, the, 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 the coaches who are long entrenched, they don't constantly churn through uh, coaches and GMs and decision makers uh, because it's all a part of the big picture plan at that point in time. And I think that's very rare in the NFL. It's called not for long for a reason. Uh, but those select handful of organizations who have consistency, the Baltimore Ravens are another great example. Uh, and even they looking for a spark with how bad Joe Flacco got when they turned to Lamar during his rookie season elected not to do that. Um, I think it's possible, but I think it's extremely rare. And there's probably, you could count on one hand, the number of franchises that can get away with it. I think with the right leadership, you can do it. Um, and Kyle did a good job of outlining some of this, the organizations that it seems like it would work. Um, but it comes down to having clear messaging and being consistent with it and not deviating. If you don't think the player is ready to play, then you don't play the player. And I, I think more often than not, teams' hands are, are they're kind of forced, whether it's Baltimore with, uh, with what they did with Lamar Jackson or the Bills with Josh Allen. I don't think they meant to play him, you know, halfway through uh, the, the first game of his rookie career, but Nathan Peterman was, was such a bad player. They had no choice. How many picks he throw? I think only three in the first half of that game. But oh, the okay. other only, starter only three in the first yeah. half, he says. Yeah, not great. bad. Yeah. Now, but so, I mean, how many times do we see it? Even stuff that we we haven't even like we won't mention here, or ownership or whatever. They say play the rookie, play. You got to play the rookie. Got to get him in there. You got to get him in there. We took him in the first round. So when everyone's on the same page, the messaging is consistent. The leadership is is good enough that these people trust what's going to happen here. Then it can work. But when you're when you lose patience or you know non-football people make football decisions that's where you get in trouble so it's um you have to be on the same page you have to embrace it and stay with the plan Talk to nathan peterman who signed a one-year deal today guys true. Good. listen god bless I cannot believe that you have shystered your way into the, getting somebody to pay you to be a quarterback in the nfl still it is truly uh magical that you have been able to do that so shout out to nathan peterman because make your money, man. Like I'm, I sit there and I go, Mike Lennon, Nate Peterman, some of these guys, it's incredible that they're still getting <laughs> NFL contracts, but you know what? God bless you. Make your money. All right, Courtney, let's go back to would you rather scenarios here. What do we have next to hopefully put the guys on the spot? I'm, I'm hoping that this next one really gets you guys going. So go ahead. You guys can put it up full screen. All right, this one comes from Sean. Would you rather run it back with Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones 
or make actual changes from the 31st ranked offense. Very tough decision. So I love the snarkiness involved in this, right? Like he ends it by saying they're the 31st ranked offense to ensure that you guys understand his level of angst for the New York Giants offense. So Kyle, you made a face, so I'm going to you first. Uh, do you think there's actually a piece on the draftnetwork.com right now about Daniel Jones and how the Giants should handle it? So if you were, you know, running the ship and you were making the decisions, what would you be doing? First of all, self-awareness as a fan is such a breath of fresh air and Bradbury Island having the self-awareness as a Giants fan to, to <laughs> understand what what's going on with the offense there. I think there's an easy case to be made for continuity, right? And, and not making changes just for the sake of making changes. But I will say Daniel Jones's regression this year was real and it was very alarming uh, because he had his ups and downs and peaks and valleys and his splits versus man in zone coverage as a rookie quarterback zone coverage. You changed the picture on him after the snap and it was just off the rails bad. Uh, he was largely off the rails bad throwing the football regardless in 2020, but this is an investment in a top six pick. The giants are not in a position to make any dramatic changes at the quarterback position because they managed to scrap out six wins and played some nice defense on the back half of the year. Thanks to defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham and the brick wall of defensive tackles uh, that have been assembled there. Thanks to Dave Gettleman. So regime change, not in the cards. And because of that, you have Jason Garrett saying, Hey, I've only been here a year. It's a young quarterback. He's learned my system this past year. We had the weird dynamics with COVID and, and lack of preseason and so on and so forth. And we actually started to win some games down the stretch. You know, we swept the division champion Washington football team this year. The case is going to be really easy to be made. If I were making the decisions, if I was ownership there in New York, I would have, you know, probably shift gears away from a, a lot of what was happening, including uh, Daniel Jones and, and potentially even, uh, the head coach situation there with Joe judge, you know, they, they gained some traction late, but that's another one page. You talked about Detroit with uh, Dan Campbell being skeptical of that being a hire. That's going to work out long-term. I feel the same way about Joe judge in New York. Uh, but the giants as a team have generally lacked consistency with their vision for who they want to be for the past five years, because they hire Ben McAdoo and he lasts what two years. And then it's Pat Shermer and he lasts two years and then he's gone. And now you've got Joe judge in the building and just pick a, pick a lane and stay in it for a while and see how it goes. So because of that, when you take into consideration what assets the giants have, they're committed to the coach. I think you got to ride this out and I think you got to see where it goes. Uh, because it's it's not like you have this really valuable young core nucleus of your team that you feel the urgency to win with. You know, you're you're still in the process of building, and and the problem is you've been building for several years now. Um, yeah, I think I'm a little bit down on Daniel Jones. Uh, I think it's a make or break year for him, right? I mean, it's year three, it's stand and deliver, right? You reach your ceiling, show what you can do. Um, but what's the real opportunity to to upgrade that spot right now? They're picking twelfth in the draft. You know, I, I'm not I'm not crazy about the Mac Joneses of the world in that spot. Uh, sure, trade for Deshaun Watson. You know, I mean, like, what's the real plan here? What's the real opportunity to upgrade that spot? I don't think there is a very clear path to that. And so, with that in mind, it's you know, stand and deliver for Daniel Jones. And if and if he doesn't deliver, then you really have to get serious about doing it after this season. So I, I like what Kyle said there. I just don't know if there's a real course to to finding that upgrade. Um, for New York at this time. I got one word for you, Joe. Fitz magic. Yeah. Oh, Fitz magic. But are they that type of team oh, that, that would make sense? Like, are they no, Fitz magical? So, no. No. I would no. like Fitz for so many teams, but that wouldn't right. be one of them. And he came out and said he wants to play. So oh, Fitz is going to play you know somewhere. Come Fitz. back home, baby. Back no. up, Josh. No, he wants oh, to play, Joe. He wants, he wants to, to play. play. Well, then he's going to have to wait. He's going to don't go to New England. Kyle, we got to keep this man out of Foxborough. Oh, I'd be so my, crushed if he went to New England. Don't do can't it, have that. Cannot have that. But the current situation for me in Chicago is looking like Nick Foles or oh, Mitchell perfect. Trubisky. So no, I got a perfect. scenario here. Go. It's, yeah. Come on over. Yeah. Come on over, pal. 
Uh, it's all I mean, that grittiness. He fits the city, man. He would like that. Like I'm gonna sleep and eat football shit. Yeah. That fuck. That is perfect. That is perfect for Chicago. So listen. Yeah. Uh, let's just figure out a way to just make that Foles scenario get out of here. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to poop on your plan, but Indy's another team like that. If they can't really, yeah. find no, that answer, they, they got Carson Wentz coming down the wing. So well, be- if that doesn't happen, yeah. If that right. doesn't yeah, happen, one more year of starting fits. Let's go. I need it. I need it bad. That's the Me scenario too. that I'm all I'm all the way dialed into now. Fire up the jersey swaps, Rob. I need Fitzmagic <laughs> in a Bears uni fast. Uh, that, but to that the, beard to the contrasting com- over the orange. Ooh. Oh, it's nope. gonna be great. I, I nope. need it. I, I need yeah. it to happen. All right. Uh, quickly on the Daniel Jones stuff, I'd like for you guys to to give me a a further evaluation because he's one of the guys in fantasy that people lose their minds over, right? He's also one of the guys in the draft community that people lose their minds over. And I think it's because as Jamie Eisner, our managing editor always calls it on our fantasy podcast, the Daniel Jones experience, right? Where you can be in one, in one quarter and you can get (laughs) Jekyll and then you can get Hyde, right? Like in one quarter, it's not even just within a game. It's within a series. You go from one series to the next and you're getting two completely different guys. On top of that, there has never been a time where this core of their offensive weapons has actually been healthy and consistently out there playing with him, right? Where you've got Saquon Barkley and all of, and Evan Ingram and all these Sterling Shepard, all the wide receivers, they're never all out there all at the same time. So how hard does that make this decision for New York to evaluate what they actually have in their young guy, because that has been a consistent theme while he's been there in New York, their weapons have not been healthy. I'll let you take it first, Joe. Yeah. It's a phrase that I really like called yes. isolating the variable, right? Oh, well, I thought cr- you were going to go best abilities availability. Oh, that's a good one too. I'll, I'll, I'll let you that'll talk the about the supporting cast. I was ready for you to break that one out. <sighs> Well, yeah, that matters a lot, but isolating the variable, I think, is so important for teams with young quarterbacks, and and I, I always point back to Denver, and, and Denver got this really exciting cast of young, talented weapons, and they put them around Drew Locke, and how on earth is Drew Locke supposed to develop when there's developing weapons around him? You, you need to have enough in place that you know what they're capable of so that you can isolate that quarterback and figure out what you have. And because those players haven't been even close to consistently available, it hasn't been the most fair opportunity for Daniel Jones to develop and reach his ceiling and really prove what he is in the NFL. And so I think when you, you know, for Kyle and I, you're probably listening to me say that and say, well, how could you say everything that you just said and then simultaneously say this? Well, we have two years of play, and we also have the player that we, we evaluated at Duke. And so you kind of marry those two things together, and that's going to give us the information that we feel comfortable about talking about his future. But, yeah, that, those dynamics have absolutely been a disservice uh, to Daniel Jones. Are you ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and Super Bowl Sunday is right around the corner. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Maybe you want to put some cash down on the Chiefs or Bucks in the Super Bowl or take advantage of some of those fun prop bets. Check out betonline.ag because they have the best lines in the business. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Kyle, same question. It's it I think it's it's for me it's been hard like we've always talked about him in the fantasy community and we look at him and we try and evaluate what you're going to get and you're like, "Well, if you had Saquon Barkley and you had Sterling Shepard and you had Evan Ingram and you had Golden Tate, you're going, "Oh, all of a sudden this offense starts to look a little fun, right? All of a sudden you're looking at a, a really dynamic offense especially when you have seen what daniel jones can do with his legs occasionally right if he didn't fumble the football away right but those those have been some of the things that have been fun fantasy wise so how hard how hard is it or how much more so how much slack do you give him if any for what you've seen considering there hasn't been a whole lot of consistency and with coaches as well so daniel's physically talented that's never been the problem with daniel 
Daniel, you can tell he's a good athlete. Uh, you can tell he can create. They ran the zone read. Obviously, the the clip that went viral of him tripping over a blade of grass in the open field against, I think it was Philadelphia the first time they played Philadelphia this year. Uh, he can make things happen with his legs as a runner, as a designed runner. Uh, and he has a nice arm. He He can put the ball to most levels of the field. He's capable of throwing with accuracy. But there's no semblance of consistency with anything that he brings to the table. And whether you want to draw and point that to the supporting cast or you want to look at the teams that he's playing, I'm looking at the teams that Daniel Jones has uh, in his career had a passer rating in excess of over 100 against. It happened twice this year against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys once apiece. And then you go back to last year, and it was the Washington football team who finished with the number two pick in the draft. The New York Jets, who finished with uh, a seven and nine record, but they were six and two over the back half of the season playing softies and cupcakes the entire time. They were not a good team. They did not have a good defense. And the Detroit Lions, uh, which finished with the number three pick in the NFL draft. So I think there's isolating variables is, is very difficult. And as we talked about earlier on this stream, there's so many layers involved that, that you have to find and quantify ways to measure a quarterback that are not dependent on everything being perfect around him. And it, it comes to down to me, you know, procedurally, you know, how do you feel the rush two minute drill end of game situations. And Daniel Jones has not been particularly strong in any of those areas. And because of that, I think you could get better results out of him, but do I think he's a championship caliber quarterback? No, I don't think he's particularly close. It's funny too, which quarterbacks get given slack, right? Versus which ones don't and which, which situations turn into like the example of Deshaun Watson, where we're talking about earlier, where it's like, well, look at how few games he won. Right. So why is there no conversation around like all the changes that are happening there and even how great he was in spite of the fact that there were issues around him. It's just, it's very interesting to pay attention to how people can phrase things and, and, excuses basically for lack of a better phrase for for different quarterbacks or different situations to try and try and talk themselves into being okay with the decision that their front office made right you just kind of got to be like me you got to just decide that your front office is terrible okay your ownership's bad and then they make bad decisions you just you just live with that and you know that that is the case and you got to hope for some really dumb luck every once in a while otherwise it's just kind of a lot of pain year after year after year all right, let's end. We got a couple. I think we have two more would you rather scenarios. Uh, so we will try and get both of these in in the last six minutes. Okay, so Courtney, let's go to the next would you rather here for the guys. You're a front office cap guru. Would you rather, I love this one, take the Saints or the Rams job to clean up? So obviously, this is from you're a, you're a cap guy, you're a capologist you in the NFL. Right. So you're not an NFL head coach. You're not going in going, yeah, look at that. That's because one team is significantly in a much better place because of the quarterback that they just got. Right. But from a cap perspective, there's definitely issues for both of these teams. So, Joe, you get to take it first since Kyle deflected to you. Uh, if you're a capologist with the cap on, who, uh, which job are you taking? It's near impossible to like not factor in the, the quarterback situation and other oh, dynamics that are like, I can't just make it about the cap because I think that all those other things influence the cap. So I, the saints are in trouble. I mean, real trouble. They're, they're way over. I mean, I don't know, like at least for the Rams, we have like $40 million to sign 40 players with the saints. Like we have to get rid of a hundred million dollars before we can even talk about filling a roster. So that combined with the fact that at least I have a quarterback that I, I you know, is, is in place for the foreseeable future with the Rams. I, I got to go with LA. Yeah. I understand that the Rams have a tough scenario here, right? Like, but they shouldn't be placed really in the saints category because the saints are in what should be considered catastrophic cap ter territory, right? <laughs> like they, they have, they have entered a version of, of the cap that we have never seen. And oh, by the way, that's before we really know what the damages were to revenue this year with everything that happened with COVID, right? And and we're hopeful that it didn't have a huge impact, but it had an impact, 
And, and that's going to change how this dynamic happens. So Kyle, I guess you're, you're on the spot, but I, th- I think the answer is pretty clear here that you'd rather, you'd rather be in LA and you're no. shaking your head. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to take the saints. And the reason why oh is this. My God. So the saints are, if we give them the floor, they're about 105, $110 million in the reds. No big deal, right? Here's the thing. Joe mentioned that they are in big trouble. He also mentioned that the Rams just acquired a quarterback. They have no future capital to work with. That's neither here nor there. And they have, depending on where the cap comes in, somewhere around 37 to 40, $42 million to sign and, and account for an additional 40 players on your roster, 47 players on your roster, just to field a 53-man roster. So, like, everybody has to be veterans minimum at this point. So, the Saints... 2021 is going to be a bad year. It's going to be our Band-Aid year. We're going to rip it off. We're going to take our lumps however we need to. But I don't have to deal with the expectations if Drew Brees retires. that we People know there's going to be big changes in the Saints organization. The Rams just traded away two ones to go get Matt Stafford. They are expected to compete for championships over the next two years. And you've got to do that with less than a million dollars to account for each player outside of the six players on your roster. Now I understand they'll get some cap that's, that's cleared up when Todd Gurley's dead cap comes off the book. It's in 2022. He's on the books for about eight and a half million dollars in dead cap this year. Jared Goff, I think it's 23 and a half million dollars in dead cap that he's responsible for. So that'll come off the books. So Joe, the good news is you'll almost be able to push up the average salary of the other 47 players on your roster to about a million and a half in 2022. I'm just going to take the bad year in 2021 with the Saints. I'm going to know it's going to be terrible, and I'm going to move forward with that. I guess it's contingent on the fact that maybe Joe and I both believe that the Rams can be a legitimate Super Bowl contender, of which I believe they can with Stafford. And so I'm like, eh, the cap, who cares, right? Like, if they would go on and win the Super Bowl and they're they're great, like, it doesn't matter, right? But I, I understand your point here. You're, I kind of, Kyle, but I just think the Saints are in such a terrible position. I, I don't want to be the Saints. I don't want to have to try to run that in scenario. Not great, enviable spots. Yeah, it's um, the cap is real, people. Okay, although we like to talk about it on Twitter and people like to make jokes about the cap being fake, it is in fact a real thing. All right, Courtney, let's put that last. Would you rather up? Let's try and get this in here quickly, uh, because we want to make sure we give back to our fans, right? So, the last, would you rather? If you're the Falcons, would you rather draft Zach Wilson or Trey Lance with the fourth pick or trade down and hope one of those QBs are still around? Saying this thinking Lawrence and Fields are off the board. Yeah, that's I, I know that that's a, a big assumption you made there, uh, that those two guys would be off the board. Um, guys, what would you what would you rather do? I think there's there's a scenario that plays out where we go one, two, three quarterbacks depending on trades and how certain things happen. So I, I don't know that at four, you're going to be sitting there being able to choose between Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. Cause I know as you guys do, there's a team in San Francisco that if they don't get the guy that they like in free agency, I expect that they are going to be very aggressive to go up and get a guy like Zach Wilson. So do you think those guys are even going to be both there? And I would, I would put it that way, Joe, you're shaking your head. No. So go ahead. You take it. No, I don't think they're both going to be there. I think they'll have a chance at Lance if they want him. I would understand a trade back if Lance was the only quarterback that was available. But if Wilson's there, I think that's what I do. I sit there and pick Zach Wilson and, um, you know, get get him ready to play. I don't know if he's going to be a 2021 starter. In fact, Arthur Blank just kind of came out and said that he fully expects Matt Ryan and Julio Jones to be part of the mix next year, which of course he should say no matter what, even if he was planning on trading them. But uh, yeah, I think Zach Wilson's the guy that is worth staying there and picking if he gets there. But I don't, I don't know that that happens. Kyle, go ahead. You take it. I I think uh, I'm interested to see if you think Zach Wilson's going to be QB two though. So I I would rather go that direction because he, he assumes it's, it's fields going to, and I kind of, there's a lot of chatter about Zach Wilson, a lot of draft boards, a lot of big boards yeah. that have started to move this scenario where Zach Wilson is number two. So you don't even, you don't even think, I, I think, I don't think he's going to be there. For. Yeah. I think there's a lot of momentum for Zach Wilson as QB two, And uh, it's kind of hard to ignore at this point. And it seems like Justin Fields, we've started that process of poking holes in, 
in his resume and what his shortcomings were against Northwestern and Alabama and how quickly he gets off his first read. And uh, inevitably people are going to helmet scout. And they're going to point at the helmet and say, Oh, Ohio state quarterbacks. They always struggle when they get in the lead. Never mind the fact that Joe Burrow was an Ohio state quarterback that's you know, here nor there. Um, so yeah, I would expect Zach Wilson will be QB two, whether he goes to the jets at two, uh, any team picking at three in a potential trade scenario, whether that's a team that's trading up or a team that trades into that pick courtesy of a player pick swap. Um, I think it's a matter of Justin Fields or Trey Lance. If Justin Fields is there, I'm taking Justin Fields. If it's Trey Lance, I'm trading out. Okay. If it's Trey Lance, you are trading out. The official decision of the draft dudes, it has now been documented. So I will inevitably revisit this when it gets to the draft to make sure that I can pull receipts and see if any of these things are no longer correct. Right. right? So that's like, wrong. yeah, can't wait to be wrong. That's what we do. You gotta, you gotta be, gotta be able to come back and revisit the receipts. Gentlemen, we have reached the end of the show. This is where I remind everybody to go to brinks.tv because we're giving away draft network. Okay. And brinks TV have teamed up and we're giving away $60,000. Okay. Thousand dollars a minute on the big game on Sunday, you're going to be able to win prizes other than that too, but you have to register at Brinks.tv. So if you're not registered, you can't win. And as I said earlier, you don't want to be a loser, right? You only want to be a winner. So if you want to be a winner, the only way to do that is to go to Brinks.tv and register. And that way you can win Kill Cliff, you can win Free Sleeve, you can win Panini cards. Kyle's rocking the Panini shirt today. He had to let you know about it. So we're giving away tons of prizes. And most importantly, we're giving away cold, hard cash, which I know everybody could use, right? So be sure to go check that out, Brinks.tv. We're done for the night. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, the Draft Dudes. A special edition. We'll be back tomorrow against the spread. We've got Super Bowl prop bets and a ton to get into. So be sure to come back for us tomorrow on Against the Spread. Thanks for watching.